Hey folks, Jeff Salzman here with Encore Delight, and we are once again taking a look at This Week in the News. Hey, Encore. Hey, Jeff. Great to be here. Great to be here, too. Yeah. What's on the agenda for today? Okay, so you had you had sent me something about these two, I guess, famous talk show news hosts who got <laughs> thanked for their service and fired this week. One, his name was Tucker Carlson on the Fox Network, and the other guy, his name is Don Lemon on the CNN Network. And so I actually, you know, I had to research who these people are because I'm not super tuned in. And it was, um, so yeah, we're going to talk about what's going on with that. Well, let me just say that you would be among a small minority of people who don't really know who these people are, because these are big names in the mainstream media. And I admire you for being as unplugged from that as you are, obviously. And I'm actually going there, too. And I think there's just a sort of a meta comment about the, particularly the mainstream news in general, is that just anecdotally, I hear people talking about just tuning out, opting out of it, because it's so repetitive. It's so us versus them. It's so um, hooks the nervous system. You know, it's, it's designed to keep your eyeballs. It's a modern system, developmentally speaking. So it's run on money, yeah. which means it's run on eyeballs so that it can deliver eyeballs to advertisers. And that's the fundamental, you know, process uh, that is is running the show. And there's not another criterion for evaluating fitness. It's, it's just the number of eyeballs. And so if you if you need to get that through appealing to fear and stress, because it's in orange, like that's... Yeah, well, you okay. do. Yeah, fear and, fear and outrage... I call it the fear and the fear industrial complex. Yeah. I mean, it is, and, and again, developmentally speaking, if we look at the three worldviews that are in conflict in, in the U.S. at this time, that'd be the postmodern progressives, modern secular, and um, traditionalists, you know, the sort of patriotic religious. They're, um, all, there, there's a fear drive that drives all three of those worldviews. Developmentally speaking, in terms of integral theory, the idea is is that we, when we move to integral uh, consciousness, which is the stage after postmodern, we'll start to be run not on fear, but on the idea of creativity, love, um, that sort of thing. Yeah, so, that so nice. I love that. I don't know, <laughs> if, uh, you know, I believe it doctrinarily, but I think there's some truth to it. Certainly, uh, the world runs on fear and has for all of humanity's future. Imagine a future for humanity where that's no longer true. So that's some of what I want to, you know, do here. Yeah. So anyway, we have Tucker Carlson and Tucker Carlson is a, you know, Tucker Carlson was fired from Fox. He's their number one person in the evenings. Let me just actually hang here. Um, and Tucker Carlson is interesting from a developmental point of view because he speaks very intelligently, if, you know, full of outrage. I mean, he's the outrage king, but he makes a coherent case for traditionalism. And we're talking sort of old-fashioned, God and country, ethnocentric traditionalism. And um, so, for instance, 
one of his, uh, you know, he's always happy to go up against mainstream society. And um, so the mainstream view is that America is pro-diversity. And so his counterclaim is, why? Why do we assume that? What's the benefit to diversity? And so, you know, there's three answers to that question. One, a traditional answer, a modern answer, and a postmodern answer. And they're all in, in their, within their worldview, very reasonable. Traditionalism, uh, they would say there's no benefit to diversity. Just leave me alone. Um, you do your thing. I'll do my thing. Uh, the best of them would say, uh, you know, nothing personal. I wish you the best. But I want the culture of my ancestors. And I want my kids to have the culture of my ancestors. And, you know, uh, within that bubble of conformity, they can live, live a very happy life. And from an integral perspective, we would say, fine, you know, you live that life and we'll respect it. We'll actually see that you have some qualities that we want to bring forward, you know, these family values, religion, patriotism in, in healthy ways, shorn of their sort of dominator hierarchies. We want the juice of these things into an, in an integral um, consciousness, because integral, we're going to want the best of all three of these views, and actually the three preceding, which is more than we'll get to here. But so anyway, so that's traditionalism was the way of things for a long time. Uh, there's still, you know, 30% of the population, their hearts are there. In some ways, 50% would choose that over the alternative in a binary system. And that's why we see, you know, that the elections are often very close to 50-50 in this country. Uh, but the next stage is um, consists of people who got bored with that. They didn't want the conformity. They actually yeah. took eighth grade science class literally, like I did. It's like I lost my religion in about three months, you know, when I had science class. Uh, so go on. Uncle. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, so I have a little problem, and I try and I try not to have problems with traditionalism. You know, I've, I've worked on this for a long time, and I there's a lot that I value and I respect and I learn. But there's a little problem with the traditionalist mindset in the modern state which is that all the brown people here have, or not all of them, I guess, but many of the brown people here were born here and have rights or have become naturalized citizens. So you can't just get rid of them. Mm -hmm. Like in, in this fantasy of like, hey, I just want to be ethnocentric and teach my kids my traditions or whatever. Like you could do that in your community and you could only hang out with the white people and that's cool if you want, whatever. But you can't actually remove all the other people now, which is right. what they're a lot of the policies kind of directed towards that. So how do yeah. we, how do we integrate? And it's just from a practical point of view. Well, well, that's what modernity does in a way. So modernity comes along and says, if we're going to create a more complex system, and that's what evolution's always trying to do is create something that is going to contain more, you know, in terms of human evolution, we're, 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 we're going to have to create a system where that, that can't happen. You can't just be the only game in town. You can't win at all because it's traditional, it, real traditional, it's winner take all. That's a lot of human history until mm -hmm. modern systems came over. And then modern systems says 
um, you know, we're going to accommodate both. Um, and um, nobody gets to win. And uh, and I can still have my traditional values, but I'm not going to um, force them on you. And that's that's where, you know, most people are. There's an extreme. And Tucker Carlson, in a way, speaks he, he speaks code to the most extreme, you know, uh, of the conservatives with the, the word replacement, you know, mm-hmm. that they're trying to replace us. Uh, you know, he, he has the point in the sense that one of the sort of catechisms of the progressive media and progressive thinking has been that we will be a majority minority country. Uh, that's, I've always thought that was a good thing. Most people think that's a good thing. That's not a good thing to people who are real traditionalists and in their hearts, you know, they don't want to give up that power. So this is the downside. This is where it's, you know, from from a modern and postmodern perspective, these people, some of them are racist. Mm -hmm. Some of them, and I'd actually ask you this, Ankur, what's your experiences with this? Um, There's a mini Twitter war going on right now where the argument is, that modern, or they, they, the, the word that people are using is middle-class blacks and whites get along better in the South than they do in the North. And the reason that the argument is, is that um, they work together. They go to school together. These are modern blacks and whites, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, you know, they've taken the modern deal. Well, we're going to work together, live together, whatever. They may not want... You know, their kids marrying each other. Maybe they don't mind. That's changing very, very fast. Um, But in progressive world of the North, um, there's it's so fraught with the social justice, um, you know, story that there's a um, there's new barriers. I'm not saying they're not evolutionarily potent. I actually think as we move into progressive, we're taking on more of what's there than people in the modern world who are happy to just bracket it and work together and live together. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? What's your experience yeah. there? Because uh, you're small town, brown guy, small town. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it's different being, being brown, I think is very different than being black. Yeah. You know, I haven't been black as far as I can remember, you know, maybe in some other <laughs> life, but I think it's pretty different. But but I, I do, it does resonate. The thing that comes to my mind is it's about conflict and it's that the only way out is through. Mm-hmm. And so, and this, and this is something I think you've helped me see numerous times that the culture, I, I kind of came to this as like, oh man, culture wars are so bad. I wish we could get over it. And, and, you, and you were like, hey, this is how we get, we don't get over it. We get through it. And so the tensions that are coming up as a result of the social justice movement, Sure, it's not peaceful, but peace is not peace is not necessarily positive, right? Peace can Evolution just like, doesn't really like peace that much. Yeah, it could be like very effective oppression looks peaceful, right? We don't want peace. We want we want harmony, right? We want mutual intermingling of interests and understanding of interbeing. And so these conflicts that are coming up, I see as like, yeah, this is what we need to get through in order to get to that. Absolutely, I, I would vastly prefer that or to live in that state than with a neighbor that I get get on with in a superficial level, but yes. I'm deathly afraid of my daughter marrying their son. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. Well said. And that's, that's integral. I mean, what you're talking about is a, an integrated view. Um, and, you know, as we move from the modern to the postmodern, uh, the, the postmodern, they have a, a for them, di diversity using this diversity issue is good for its own sake. First of all, it makes life more interesting. They're really bored with just hanging around. This is, you know, a certain stage of development. You get bored. Boredom is one of the great en engines of evolution. So you want to get out there and date and you want to have different foods and you want to travel and you want to make friends with different kinds of people. And you also are aware, you're being, being world-centric, you're aware of the karmas of history and and the, the uh, sort of philosophical um, posture of the postmodern is critical. You know, basically, you, the, the project of postmodernity is to dissolve the unjust edifice of power dynamics that exist now, the system, which has, you know, unjust from the get-go, still has unjust outcomes, and it is a, a very appropriate, it's almost astonishing that after all of these the millennia of human history dominating, one dominating the other, that the, the, uh, the emphasis now is on the victims, the people who've been left behind, the people who haven't had the, the justice, you know. So all three of these worldviews have, they all make sense. They all have a piece of the truth. And from an integral perspective, we, first of all, it's just what you were saying about conflict. We want to accept that there's conflict between these three. There's supposed to be. There's one of the uh, sort of, process of, of, of evolution itself is that things differentiate. You know, so thing, it's like the Google map. We look at American society and we see it more clearly. We see, oh, okay, there was this group and there was this group and a mountain here and a river here. And, and then we can get, get even more fine, you know, granular view. And, and then we, but we want that as, as integralists, we accept the conflict uh, we accept the culture war, but we want it to be fought peacefully, okay, not violently. That's new in human history if we can pull it off. Be yeah. the first really evolutionarily potent war that hasn't had a lot of dead bodies. Yeah. Can I can I share something on, on yeah. that that I hopefully will be will be helpful? I've I've noticed that in this kind of postmodern green way of being. There's a lot of judgment. Uh, yep. And in, in my mind, like a lot of unnecessary, unproductive, critical judgment and shooting of the people on the other levels. Yep. And I in my I think it's connected. Here's my hypothesis. I think it's because in the postmodernity, there's a there's a lack of there can often be, not always, there can often be a lack of connection with the mystery and the divine. And so it's hard to have faith. But I just want to tell these people, including you and me, that it's just so inevitable that they're going to win. That they that you can you can relax. And I and I think that level of like stress and like desire to end racism leads to this judgment. 
where if there was just more just like faith that dude, racism, the days are just numbered. Like just interracial marriage, it's it's destroying. There's just that like alone. There's there's not gonna be, I mean, race is social construct, blah, blah, blah. It's all probably true. But it's not even going to be relevant in a couple of hundred years because everyone is just going to be some flavor of brown. And so they can just relax in that and not have to be so judgmental and just, you know, like sit down, like smoke their cigarette and be like, yeah, we're on. It's happening. Yeah. I just, so I'm just that's a message that I hope is relaxing for your listeners. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And uh, really, all three of these worldviews think that they're the only one that's right. And that the other ones are wrong. Um, so, you know, they all really would be very most happy to have the other ones just sort of go away. Yeah. You know, I mean, not really, if they thought about it. I mean, nobody wants modernity really to go away because modernity provides us this prosperous, peaceful structure that where we can have these kinds of fights. Um, and, um, and so we are. And Tucker Carlson was, um, is one of the, um, you know, he was one of the, the most successful proponents of that traditional worldview. And, and it, 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 it's not just with diversity, it's with things like Russia. Uh, there's, um, he, 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 he did plenty of criticism. I have a hard time watching Tucker, so I haven't watched him that much, but I've watched clips. Because I have a natural revulsion. Every, you know, I, I have a postmodern strata. I have a modern, I have a traditional strata. Uh, and hopefully I have enough integration that I can sort of be friendly with all of them. But I still, it's, it's a hard ask for me to watch too much Tucker Carlson. Because not only is his worldview, I have a, you know, allergies too, but his affect. Mm-hmm. His, you know, his, uh, you know, somebody, I hate this term, actually, I shouldn't even use it, but punchable face, you know what I mean? Where it's just, he's... I've never heard that term. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's like that, because he's always, you know, and sort of, I don't like the way he does it. But anyway, with that said, um, you know, traditionalist, which he's one, actually, these days, there's sort of a globalization of this. So there's... The, a traditionalist in America would have more in common with a traditionalist in Russia mm-hmm. than they would with a liberal in America yeah. in terms of worldview. So there is a natural, you know, he, he talks about Zelensky prancing around and, you know, and and at one point he said, I'm rooting for Russia. Now, it was a throwaway line. I don't know. He's been very critical of Putin in, in other ways in terms of starting the war and so forth. But there is a natural affinity for that. And Trump. You know, I remember uh, uh, Joe Scarborough interviewing Trump back before in the the last election, back when we were talking. (laughs) Um, And Trump was calling, I mean, Scarborough was calling Trump out on his views on Russia. And Scarborough says, you know, but Russians kill people. And Trump's answer was, well, we kill people too. Yeah. It's like, we autocrats and Trump's a natural autocrat. Okay. I mean, he can work in the modern system and he knows how to play it, but in his heart, you do you Russia, you know, we'll do us Hungary, illiberal democracy. That's good. 
you know, uh, so there's there, there is this sort of strata forming. Let, and, let me get back to Tucker Carlson for a second, because I, yeah. I had a question about. So this is about him getting fired. And so that my yeah. the things that became clear to me in reading the articles mm-hmm. is that I don't think the, the consensus is he was not fired for his views being extreme. Right. Essentially like a modernist business decision yep. by, by the Murdoch people. But I'm I'm curious like what it what it means for the tension between traditional and modern. And I'm also curious if you think he believes the stuff he's advocating. Or if, if oh, it's just like for him, it's like a fully modern decision of like, oh, this is my niche. Yeah. <laughs> I think he has plenty of that. These guys, if if you're, you know, most of us have, even if our center of gravity is traditional, we have an adequate modern where, you know, these guys are paying attention to their Q scores and their ratings and they're, you know, they're giving their audience what they want. And that those are modern calculations. Totally. Yeah. Uh that actually, in some ways, pre-modern. I mean, the, the king and aristocrats and even the warlords had to sort of pay attention to what people were thinking, not 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 nearly as much as now. So, yes, he but but yeah, I think worldview wise, he believes it. I okay. do. All right. Yeah. And that's what makes him uh, powerful. And, um, you know, he. He. he it's like I'll, I'll read a quote from him. He says, "National politics in the culture has become a Manichean battle between good and evil." Okay, let's pause right there. That is the worldview, particularly of traditionalists. My God is right; everybody else is evil. You know, you can't just you can't negotiate with God here. Yeah, but there's a level of education even making that reference. That exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, and he's a very educated guy. He's you know, has a lot of sophistication. So he said, good and evil. Um, He says that people advocating for transgender rights and DEI programs, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, want to destroy America, okay? And they want to destroy that traditional America. They want to transform America. Yeah. Yeah. They want to transform America. Uh, Fair, but, you know, for him, that would be destroying. Yeah. And they cannot be persuaded with facts. That's so true. These world facts are so downstream from worldview, it's not even funny. You know, politics is downstream from worldview. If you know somebody's yeah. world, you know their politics. Yeah, I'd say few and far between are those who can be persuaded with facts. And I do not count myself among them. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes in some circumstances, but no, they, you can, there's infinite dots and ways to connect them. So, Everybody, it's like, turns out Kellyanne Conway was right. Everybody has their own set of facts. Anyway, you don't know who Kellyanne Conway is either. No, but oh, I, I can see how that, poor... I can see how that works. Yeah. <laughs> she is, she is a, a scientist, like modern kind of like logician or consciousness no. researcher. No. no, she was the chief of staff and communications officer for Trump. Okay, I know who she is. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I don't think she was chief of staff, actually, but she was a she was a Trumper. So anyway, that that was, it, that was a reference to, you know, we we knew we were fucked with yeah. Trump. You the know, whole, like the day back, after yeah. the inauguration, despite yeah. the photographic evidence, his crowd was bigger than anybody else's. Yeah, and, uh, and so it began, and actually it had begun. Anyway, so. What was I talking about? So anyways, so 
that's his thing. So the, the, it's a battle between good and evil. He 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 puts it that way. Modernism doesn't. You know, modernism doesn't. You can have a sort of a, a postmodern. You can have sort of that worldview where you're really just trying to flip the hierarchy so that the people who have been oppressed become the new oppressors. And, and that sort of, it's what you're talking about now where, where it's, you know, there's a good and evil um, way of expressing progressivism too. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. But the other piece about Tucker that this is what sort of concerns me in a way, because I think there's a very good chance he could run for president now. And, and that would be, uh, he'd have a good chance. He'd have a very good chance. And, and, and I say that because Whoa. <laughs> there's another, uh, there's, there's another piece to him. You're freaking and, me out, dude. <laughs> and, and, and it's religious. <laughs> and and um, so, so he talks about these people who can't be persuaded by facts. And then here's what he says. He says, we should, we should say that, that they can't be persuaded and stop engaging in these totally fraudulent debates. I've tried. It doesn't work. He says, the answer was prayer. Okay? I've concluded it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future, and I hope you will. Okay? And this is from a Vanity Fair article where they concluded that this prayer stuff freaks the Murdochs out. They're secular modernists. They're the ones who really are. You talked about modernists will say, this is my audience. I can exploit them, you know, whatever. So they don't like this prayer stuff either. And Vanity Fair just ran an article arguing that that's a, that was the real key to why Tucker Carlson was fired. I don't know. Uh, but I will say that to the degree that he believes that, and I think he does, then he may see this firing as just at that stage, you see everything is divinely ordained, really. Yeah. Um, so it's divinely ordained so that he can be free and run for president. And and he's already said, it's it's come out that in his tweets that he hates Trump passionately. I mean, he could just really just go at Trump with all of Trump's actual um, vulnerabilities, which is that he's crazy and a malignant narcissist. And that he's a liar and all of the things that, uh, you know, uh, Tucker Carlson said behind the scenes, a demonic force, he called him, you know. So if he wanted to go with that and really out Trump Trump, I think he'd have a very good chance because he is very, very articulate. So, you know, he's mediagenic. He's he's grown up through the media. He knows how to do this. So that's... Um, or he, or the other thing is, he could take the same road that the two big uh, personalities that Fox has fired before, Bill O'Reilly and Glenn Beck. They diminished, and and Megyn Kelly. You know, they all have podcasts now. You know, which is you know, I'm pro podcast, and they have you know big audiences compared to the Daily Evolver. But uh, it's not eight o'clock p.m. on Fox News. Yeah. And so, uh, so either of these things could happen. He could go to Newsmax, which is the new, you know, uh, media outlet that is even further right than, um, or more traditionalist, if you will, than um, than Fox. But we'll see. Okay. Well, that's sobering. What yeah. what's up with um what's up with Don Lemon? Oh yeah, Don Lemon. 
Yeah, so that comes out like an hour after the Tucker Carlson. And Don Lemon's a big star over on CNN. He's been at MSNBC, I believe. But Don Lemon's interesting, black guy. And um, he, he, part of his problem <laughs> was, you know, he's a modern black guy. He grew up middle class. Uh, he was doted on by his mother and aunts and so forth. And uh, went to uh, good schools and was always an achiever. And that's sort of, you know, characteristic of the modern, of modern, modern people at any uh, race or culture. Uh, that's one of the great things about modernity. It can accommodate race and culture and religion and everything, because everybody agrees, let's just, you know, not accentuate that. And we'll just make things like make the modern. Money. Yeah. Rockets. Exactly. Yes. So, he, you know, he, in fact, he, at one time, um, uh, called himself, described himself as having been preppy. And of course, preppy now to any kind of self-respecting green postmodern progressive would be acting white. And so he, you know, so he criticized early in his career, he criticized black young men for wearing baggy pants. Yeah. And he just has that streak in him that um, comes out. You know, he was talking to one of uh, Bill, uh, Bill Cosby's uh, rape victims and said, well, you know, you could have bit him. You could have stopped the rape. You know, it's and then this last one, this was the straw that broke the camel's back, I think, was when he described Nikki Haley, uh, who is a Republican running for the nomination against Trump. Um, he described her as being past her prime because, you know, we all know that women uh, you know, their prime is the 20s, 30s, and 40s um, kind of thing. And and that's now. This was like three weeks ago. Wow. Yeah, funny. <laughs> it's like, so this this keeps erupting. And um, and he's he's moved to the um to the left. You know, he has the um that sort of sensitivity and uh, he was arguing with somebody, don't tell me as a black man, that that's the kind of thing you wouldn't have heard from Don Lemon earlier in his career, uh, but it's not been enough. And so, uh, and also I think, you know, bottom line for CNN, his show wasn't working. It was tanking. Yeah. I mean, to me, it, al it almost seems like the political dimension of this is, is very society of the spectacle. And they're just like, they're just looking for money and ratings, both of these organizations. And at some point in their cost benefit analysis, these people are liabilities. Yeah. They're like, ah, he's like, he's like losing us market share instead yeah. of gaining. So yes. off with his head. That's right. And I think that may, the same if... perspectives and the same, like, just like shitty things to say about women, which is totally, totally insane in that, like, every politician is old, like, which I'm not a fan of. I know. But it's like every politician is old. What are you talking about? After 50? Yeah, what are you It's real. It's, it's, it's just. Yeah. You know. So, but if, if he was able to still like get ratings. Yeah. Probably, you know, they overlook this kind of stuff, right? They, well, they do. But there's a category that they can't overlook. And this may be actually, if, if you ask me, and I probably should have said it sooner, but the real uh, issue with Tucker Carlson, because Tucker Carlson's delivering the money. He's yeah. got the ratings. Biggest show in cable. Okay, that's a big deal. Um, but he has, I, I think it's coming up, it's been uh, in the news. He, he was uh, said 
terrible things about women in these uh, direct messages and, and texts and called one of his producers the C word. And that kind of thing, I think that scares the Murdochs more than anything. More than the $800 million they had to pay Dominion? Yeah, that too. You know, that too. That's a sore spot too. And largely, or at least to some degree, because of Tucker Carlson's yeah. tweets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where he said that he, you know, hated Trump and he knew that Sidney Powell, Powell was lying and um, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's smarts, too. And they've done it before. They fired O'Reilly. They fired Glenn Beck. Yeah. And they're no problem. They can replace him. Uh, so uh, I think that that was <laughs> plenty of like this, really loud, bombastic white guys out there who are willing to take that spot. Totally. And even better <laughs> would be to find one of color who can actually say that point of view, because then that gives them extra cover. And, totally, you know, yeah. again, traditionalists can sort of listen to other traditionalists without, you know, and they can sort of make their own sort of peace around that. Yeah. So anyway, that is the the downside of the modern media system is that, you know, money really in eyeballs is the real uh, product. And, you know, I do want to say, as I criticize but that system, that it's better than the previous system, which was whatever the king said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, was news or important to have that context. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that there's the postmodern media world is social media, where everybody gets a microphone and everybody's in the game. And yet, money still, you know, it includes the money piece, but it transcends it. And there's problems with that too. Yeah, I mean that seems well, really, welcome to human communication. It's really bad <laughs> because there's no sense of truth. Yeah, right. So that's the critique of social media, and also the the upside of social media it, it, is it connects people all over the world in ways that are just hard to overestimate, and yeah. and, and is a potent force for the evolution of consciousness. Uh, but it's going to come with its downside, and. Um, you know, I think we talked about this before. If we had known the downsides of social media 25 years ago, we might have changed the algorithms. Uh, but, you know, live and learn. And But so these three worldviews all have their means of communication and their, um, and, you know, the physics behind them. Okay, so maybe like, if we can tie this up, I don't know. Maybe that's not even possible. Yeah. But I was, I was want Please. two things. I always want is resolution and positivity, and I don't always get those. And especially in these, in this investigation of the news, I may never get those. But like, what does this mean for the journey towards Teal that we're all on? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, you know, there's a lot of evolutionary potency in really all of this uh, because it's all out in the open. And everybody gets to see it. And I, I think that one of the um, one of the things that um, is becoming clear, again, this is more anecdotally, is that there uh, people are tuning out in a way. That's actually evolutionary progress. That sort of money machine won't work as well once people get bored with it and sort of hip to it. And that, you know, it's really, I, I felt this the other day, Encore. I was, I hadn't watched the news because I was bored. You know, I checked the headlines. Nothing's going to get by me. I can do it, you know, in five minutes on the internet. 
Uh, but I didn't want to hear this you know, grinding over and over and over again. So I and I spent most of my life reading the paper first thing in the morning um, and watching the morning news shows and so forth. So I turn on Morning Joe and I generally will watch morning, a little Morning Joe, a little Fox News, just sort of get them keep in touch with both. And it felt having not done it for like a week, I'd done some traveling. It felt like poison. It literally did. It felt like yeah. poison. That's why I never do psyche. it. Yeah. I mean, I had more perspective on it because yeah. I hadn't done it. And fuck that. Yeah. Totally. You know, so I think part of what's good is that people say, hey, wait a second, I'm, I'm going to break out of that spell. Yeah. Uh, and maybe even have some sense that human history has, you know, been a shit show. So it's not like this is any worse. In fact, if you really think about it, it's the world most measures better. Um, so why don't I just live my life? Why don't I pay attention to something else? And I know for me, I've migrated, and a lot of people have, to YouTube. I watch, you know, Barbara Streisand do a concert when she's 25 years old. Most thrilling thing I've done in a week. Hmm. Happening in Central Park, people. It is perfection. So it's on YouTube. Everything's on YouTube. I watched the building, how they built the boats in the 17th century the other day. I watched the history of the Neanderthals. You know, uh, there's, to the degree that I want to be in front of a screen, there's plenty that isn't about, okay, Trump's car is pulled up now to the courthouse. And I think we can get a glimpse of him. <laughs> and oh, he looks, uh, yeah, Duke. Totally. <laughs> so that's I think that's the that's the good news, and also that we'll have. I mean, to the degree that we as integralists, integral practitioners, can see all three of these worldviews, and they're all mixed up too. You know, there's all online at the same time within a lot of us. Yeah, uh, they're all online in the culture. That's new in human history that we have many worldviews online at the same time. Um, that we can see that with a certain, you know, it's like what Claire Graves, one of the original uh, theorists and researchers around integral, he called people who fit into this category as being the universal donor. Hmm. They're the person who can have a conversation with all three. In fact, they could argue all three worldviews as well as people who believe them passionately can. Mm. And so there's something that's just intrinsically relaxing about that system. Also, that you don't feel like they're going to take over or win. They're not. You know, nobody gets to win. Uh, and so we fight our way forward. We fail our way forward. And it's beautiful, but not pretty. Uh, that's one way of looking at the integral view. Well, I, I really appreciate, and I know your listeners do too, your, your presence here and your bringing this analytical lens to it. Because I, I, mean, I do think I stopped listening to the news. I was, I was a junkie. I was really into it many years ago. Um, I stopped. I got sure. You didn't know who Tucker Carlson was. Yeah, I got clean. I got clean for years. <laughs> but it's still, it's really important. What, what, what you're doing is really, really important because it's helping us take, it's, it's like the whole conflict. The only way out is through your help taking, instead of just being avoidant, like I am with the news, 
you're helping people go into it and see the themes that are actually helpful and are going to push us forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that as well and uh, appreciate having our conversation. So on with the show, onward and upward. Onward and upward. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Thanks, Encore. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.